0: Thank you very much. Kiyadhtiv <speaking in Hebrew> like, and the yitzava itsava is one of his Vaisu Akrav. Vishamu Dava Hashem Latas Takov Mishpat. Kiyadhtiv, Nakarajv says, I, I love Avramavinu, or perhaps I I I extend Avramavinu a special form and a special measure of Hashkahapratis, Laman either because of the fact or in order that he will instruct or he does instruct, he constantly is instructing his children and the members of his household to follow in his footsteps that they should observe the way of the Baruch Hu. And the comments that this Pasuk is the source in the Chumash V'Chimach. When when Chazal refer to Chinuch as midravonon, it means in the the specific instance that uh, right now that uh, you have to tell the cotton the daven shachris, so that chi of Chinuch is uh, is is uh, But uh, speaking more broadly, so then the chi of Chinuch is darais, and it's rooted in this pasuk. This pasuk also gives us a sense for just how central. The blessing, the privilege, the responsibility of, uh, of Chinuchiz. Avam Avinu, Zara Avam Oavi. The Novi, speaking in the name of HaKadosh Baruch, refers to Avam Avinu uh, as an Oiv Hashem, as the, the paradigm of Avas Hashem. In Stoma 1, could write uh, not just a one-volume biography, in Stoma one could write a multi-volume biography of all uh, of Avam Avinu's uh, virtues and, and different expressions of, of Ava Hashem. And yet, I, like Karishbar Baruch who singles out, why is it that I love him? Why is it that I extend to him this special measure of Hashgach HaPratis? It's because of his commitment, because of his single-minded devotion to Chinuch, to transmitting the Masorah, which he is, is is founding. Life is is... For many, very hectic. Panosah for many doesn't come easily, and it's certainly time-consuming. And yet, whatever else is going on in our lives, there simply has to be time for chinuch. Sometimes it's it's tempting. It's a temptation that the the the, the extends to us. To think, well, after all, I'm, I'm working to pay tuition, and I'm paying hefty tuition bills, and that's where the uh, and and through that I'm uh, discharging my obligation of uh, of chinuch. I'm sending my uh, my children, my sons, my daughters, to uh, to appropriate yeshivas, and uh, so even if uh, even if I'm not home too much, even if I don't have the time, even if I don't or can't find uh, the, the, the time. But I'm not neglecting chinuch because I'm I'm sending my kids to yeshiva. That that calculation is is wrong for a few reasons. Obviously, hopefully, we'll return to this. Obviously, the choice of yeshiva for one's children is uh, is a central part of the chinuch package. But in no way do we uh, discharge our obligation of chinuch vicariously through the yeshiva. This is the Ramban writes very famously in his, in his Egeris. He tells his son that whenever you learn, whenever you finish uh, learning, so when you get up and, and, you, and you close the safer, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I can implement? What is it that I can apply from what I just learned? So other than a, a dormitory uh, situation and... No, no children before the age of 13 or so are in a dormitory situation and, and uh, I think in, in our communities for the most part they're not in a dormitory situation uh, during the high school years either so basically yeshiva is where they learn and then where they the, the, the second half of what the Ramban is talking about in his, in his Igeris of applying of implementing what they learned so the, the venue for that is, is at home so that's where the real chinuch should be happening, because that's where, so in, in yeshiva they learn what they should be doing, how they should be reacting, and then the the, the chance to, to implement it is at home. So that's where the the, the chinuch is going to be implemented. Secondly, and, and this too, blinav mitzvah Hashem, I hope we will come back to briefly. Within chinuch. Perhaps the most effective tool, the most effective way to to reach, influence, and inspire our children, is by being a role model, by the, the force of of personal example. Again, given the very narrow cross section of life, which is present within the the uh, the, 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 the koslei ha within the the, the, the kosle, uh of of schools and yeshivas, there isn't that much chance for the teachers, for the rebellion, for the mothers to be role modeling in the whole uh, the whole spectrum of, of the situations and uh, and scenarios which are uh, which arise. In, in, in real life. Parents need to be around in order to serve as, as role models in so many different situations which only come up in the home and which simply don't arise in, in, uh, in school, in Yeshiva. And perhaps most fundamentally, no matter how much our children receive from and from Morris, from from teachers, they naturally, instinctively look to their parents. No matter what children will hear and, what, and no matter what uh, guidance and instruction children are going to receive in yeshiva, in school, they're going to look naturally. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, wired us. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu programmed us that we look to our parents to, to, to set an example. Which is why, again, simply the, the presence of parents to invest time to be around, to be able, to be involved, again, directly, first-hand in Chinuch, is uh, something for which the, there's, no, there's no substitute. I think the Chovah Salvavos comments that, that if you look at the Briya, you look at HaKadosh creation, so human young children are, are, are unique, and that if you look at the animal kingdom, so the animal young become independent very quickly. whatever whatever species you want to look at. So the the time of dependence, the period of dependence is a very, very short one. When you look at the human young, when you look at at children, so the period of dependence, whether physical or, or, or emotional dependence, lasts much longer. And, this, and, the, and the Chavos HaVar also explains that's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up a situation that the dependence is what gives us the, the, the opening to be Mechanech our children. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in the way that He did. What happens if a person looks and simply doesn't have the time? Things are just, uh, again, whether the demands of, of one's job or, or whatever else. So the truth is that, that here we segue to the next point, that it's important to have a disclaimer in, in speaking about Chinoch in a public forum. Certainly there are general principles and approaches which we can discuss together, which we can review, but obviously, ultimately, Chinuch has to be personalized. It has to be tailored to the individual child. And as much as we can discuss, again, in, in broad strokes, together, when all is said and done, it needs to be adjusted. It needs to be applied to, to individual sets of circumstances. The, the, the issue of finding time within one's life to devote to, to Chinuch certainly belongs within that within that realm of what has to be individualized. But I think we, we would do well to transpose. The truth is that the Rab said it in, in, in the context of talking about Chinuch. He wasn't talking about uh, necessarily this aspect of the challenge of Chinuch. But he, uh, he, he once commented in a very... Uh, very beautiful formulation. He was talking about the, the challenge of being mechanech uh, children in, in, in America where in order for them to basically ultimately enter the, the, the workforce and, and, and be uh, productive members in the workforce so they need to receive a secular education as well. And he said, you know, is it possible to, to give children this double curriculum that uh, to be mechanech um, as well as provide them with the general education. So he said very beautifully, he said he doesn't know if it's possible. He says, could be it's impossible, but one thing he knows is that we have to do it. And the same, that, that same truth can be said about this as well. It could be that, that uh, when some of us look at our schedules, we, don't, we simply don't have the time. Maybe it's impossible to find the, the extra time, the extra hours, to spend with our children, to devote to our children, to be involved firsthand in the Chinuch, maybe it's impossible. But one thing is clear, whether it's possible or impossible, somehow, we have to make it happen. Well, familiar with the the famous Medrash, who introduces the Akkad, the Kaknes Vimcha, and Rashi quotes from Chazal, recreates the, uh, the dialogue between Kodesh and Avam, I have two sons, each one is an only son to his mother, Asher I love them both. What it means to be a parent, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a mother, is to love one's children. That we're supposed to know that the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches us, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu chastises us is with the same approach, the same attitude as a, as a father, as a parent teaches, or if need be chastises the child, meaning with love. To be mechanech, it has to be done in in an atmosphere, in a climate of love, in an environment of love. So it could be that that one's reaction to hearing that is, w- w- what's that to talk about? All parents love their children. It's something which is implanted within us instinctively. And who gave us uh, an instinct, the parental instinct is is one which part of it, is a, a, a sense of love. So that's true, but, it's a very important but, it's absolutely true that parental love, paternal, maternal love is instinctive, but only a modicum of love is instinctive. The amount of love which is present Within us uh, instinctively, when you, when you walk by the nursery and, 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 and you see the newborn child, I think uh, mothers more than fathers uh, certainly feel it even before the, the, the baby is, uh, is born. That amount of love that is felt is only a starting point. But it's not enough to allow one to be machane to one's children. We have, as parents, we have an instinctive love for our children. But we have many other uh, inclinations and proclivities and instincts as well. I may have an instinctive love for my children. I also, and uh, I don't mean to project my personas onto others, but sorry, this is true of everyone. I'm also instinctively selfish. It's also a very basic uh, instinct, which is embedded within, within the human persona, is that naturally we're selfish. So I have an instinct, I have a proclivity for selfishness. I I may have an instinct, a proclivity for laziness, for frustration, for impatience. So it's true that parental love is instinctive, but if we just rely on that instinctive love and we don't look to cultivate and we don't look to deepen it, that's not going to allow us to be again the kafmas bincha shihitha asher hafta kikasha yyasu ishas bano that that the 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 model for teaching is is, is a father, al Bonim, the way parents have love for children, that love means that the instinct that we have for love is the starting point. But it's something that has to be cultivated, it has to be developed, because otherwise that instinct will often be overridden by a combination or a composite of many many other, many other instincts. So maybe my, my parental uh, instinct of love for my children says that I should be patient, says that I should uh, give up whatever I was planning on doing uh, now to, to attend to my kids, to spend time to my kids, to, 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 to do something for them. But if I don't cultivate that instinct, if I don't deepen that love, so, my selfishness, my laziness, my frustration, my impatience, and many other instincts may kick in and simply override that and, and overwhelm it. The, the way love is cultivated, there is a, a famous passage in Masachus Dara Heretz where Masachus Dara Heretz says, let's say to someone, Masachus Dara isn't talking only about children, but it's, uh, it's true. It's true uh, that it's true about, uh, about children as well. That let's say there's someone I know I don't like. But there's a mitzvah of Yisroh. But I know I don't really like this guy. So the Masach of Darachet says that I want that my friend should become more beloved to me. I want that I should love my friend. So the Masach of Darachet says something that we, uh, again, might think is counterintuitive. Says that I should do something for him. I should invest for him. I should go do a tova. I should go uh, put myself out for him. I should go uh, try to be most anefesh for him. Because I Baruch Hu, again, the way the way Baruch Hu designed human psychology is that the more we're most anefesh for someone, the deeper the bond that we feel and the more ahava that we feel towards that person. If we take that basic instinctive love that HaKadosh Baruch gives us for our children and then we combine it with this guidance of the Masachas Darach so then that love becomes so much deeper so much more powerful and create the atmosphere, the environment of his Bincha Asher which is critical for, for, for being Machanech Moreover, as long as one is simply relying or falling back on the instinctive love that one feels for one's children, as real as it is, we may feel it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's discernible to the children. It doesn't necessarily mean that the, the children feel it. As long as we think in terms of, again, just the instinctive love that we have for children, and we're not mindful of the fact that the, Again, that we need to make a, cons, a concerted effort again to cultivate, to deepen, to intensify that love so what we feel instinctively may not come across, it may not be discernible to, to, to the children. Why is love so critical, so indispensable in terms of being mechanic? First of all, children who, who grow up in a home where they feel the warmth and the love from their parents, who feel enveloped in, in parental love, are much more likely to have the critically vital self esteem and self confidence that a child needs to succeed in anything. Avodah Hashem and Lahavdil, any other aspect of, of life, any other subcategory of Avodah Hashem. And second of all, when children feel love, they're also going to be more open and more receptive to the chinuch that their parents are trying to give them, to the hashpa that their parents are trying to have on them. It's, uh, people are much, much more open, again, to hadrocha to hashpah from someone whom they know loves them. The same is true in other, other relationships as well. It's not only true in the parent-child relationship, but it's certainly true there as, as well. The halacha lemaisa of all this is that part of the, the mitzvah of l'manasha mm-hmm. yitzave as one of his is to spend time with children. Love dafka again, not only in in learning chumash and in practicing brachos and in learning kitzeh but just the the time that's spent with children that, that communicates to them this sense of, of being of being loved. It can be a mitzvah d'araisa to play games with your children. To, to play ball with your children can be a kiyum of a mitzvah d'araisa of manase as esbon of beso acharev. The second foundation for chinuch, alongside ahava, is earning the respect of our children. If you think for a moment, if you reflect, what determines if we accept teaching or guidance? Someone gets up and uh, and, and, and gives a drusha and takes a certain position on an issue. So what determines whether or not a mora horor gets up and gives a certain piske halofa? So what, what determines, uh, leaving aside whatever uh, hang-ups or wh- whatever, uh, whatever other issues uh, that we have, but what, what, uh, what determines whether or not we're going to accept that Hadrocha that's being offered? What determines whether or not we're going to accept the Piskei Halacha? So there, there are two criteria that we use. The first one is the criterion of Kabbalah Sa'emes Mimisha doesn't matter who's speaking, doesn't matter necessarily what credentials or qualifications the person brings to the table, we'll judge what the person is saying on its own merits. So if the person is speaking about something where we feel qualified to make that judgment, so then we will accept or reject or perhaps remain noncommittal, again, based on, on applying the standard of Kabbalah Sa'emes Mimisha whether or not we say that it's Nikorim but that, that we recognize this is true. But there's also another criterion. There's also something else which is crucial in, in determining whether we accept, again, guidance, Hadracha, whether we're open to Hashbah, to, whether we accept Piske Halacha, and that's who's giving it. That's even if, as is always the case when we're asking Shilas, by definition, it's something which is beyond our competence. It's beyond our, uh, our ability to authoritatively judge whether what we're being told is right or wrong. So then what determines whether or not we accept it? Who we're hearing it from? Who we're hearing it from? So in the realm of Psa Kalocha, so if, if, if we go to someone, if for some reason we hear a Psaak HaLacha, but we don't know who this Rav is and we don't know what his stature is, so lab davka that we're going to accept that Psaak HaLacha. We go and we know that the Rav is uh, very distinguished, uh, highly and widely respected. Marahara. Then we're going we're gonna to accept it. So children, I don't know whether they do this consciously. I don't know whether they can articulate it. Maybe at a certain age they can. At a certain age they certainly can't they're not so much in a position to be applying the first criterion or the first standard of, of Kabbalah Sa'emes Mimisha Amor. Uh, but they're very, very much in a position to be applying the second standard of who am I hearing this from? And just the fact that, that one is hearing it from one's father or mother doesn't always cut it. That's not always going to carry the day. But if it's my father whom, whose love I feel and who commands my respect, if it's my mother whose love I feel, and who commands my respect, so then I'm going to be open to that instruction, to that guidance, to that, to that Hadracha. So as parents, it's crucial, absolutely crucial, that, that we command our children's respect. Again, but, but please, please notice, not, not demand their respect, that, that doesn't do it. It's, it, we're, we're, we're in deep trouble if we have to demand our children's respect. We have to be able to command, again, by virtue of our devotion to them, by virtue of the, the role models that we are for them, we have to be able to command their respect in the sense of, of earning their respect, that they, that they naturally give the respect. When, if, if a parent hears himself or herself, having to resort to the argument of, I'm the mommy, I'm the Tati, and you got to listen to what I'm doing, to what I'm saying, okay, so maybe with a two-year-old or a three-year-old, that's okay. But uh, as they get older, if, uh, if that's the gist of the, of the argument, and that's the thrust of the, of the moral suasion, then it's an Ochenveith, and then we're in big trouble. The more Children respect their parents. So not only the more open they are again to the hadracha, to the hashva, to the chinuch that their parents proactively try to impart, but the more the children will also seek out the parents, especially as they get older. The more the children will seek out the parents for their guidance, for for their hadracha. If the relationship was characterized by the parent demanding respect. So w- we can be quite confident that, that the children at, and are not, again, not in their uh, preteen years, not in their teen years, not in their adult years. They're not going to seek uh, our our guidance. They're not going to seek our Hadrachah if we earn their respect, if we command their respect. So then that's a relationship which will continue. And and uh, the, 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 the children will not only again be receptive and reactive but the children will actually seek out the Hadrocha from from their parents so those are the two foundations for Chinuch there has to be love there has to be respect and that respect has to be earned it has to be commanded it can't be demanded within Chinuch though The COVID has to be bilateral. Meaning that it's not only that that we seek to earn the respect of our children, we have to respect our children. In order to be Machanech children, we have to respect the children. We have to respect their needs. We have to respect their feelings. We have to respect their individuality. Respecting their needs at a young age it can be a child's need to be able to to, to to say what he or she wants to eat for breakfast or, or lunch and not have that constantly uh, meet a parental uh, veto because according to the uh, pediatrician's book, this isn't exactly the, uh, the pyramid that, uh, that the child is, is supposed to be following for, uh, for, for, the, for the meal plan. And obviously those needs change. As, and, and become more significant and more material as, uh, as children grow. Respecting children's feelings is also also crucial. Take a Marshall, Again, we'll take a Moshe with, with a younger child, and then extrapolate from there to uh, to older children and uh, more objectively major issues. Let's say there's uh, an exciting class trip uh, planned. I don't know. It's uh, it's Lag so there's an outing to the to the park, or maybe there's. Uh, there's some other special class trip and the child wakes up or the child goes to sleep with a with a fever and you know that the child can't go. So the child is obviously devastated. The child's obviously devastated. So you can tell the child and on one level I suppose it's true. You know, it's not such a big deal. You know, uh... It's not such a big deal and uh, the whole thing is just going to the, to, to the park and, uh, and first you have to schlep to the park and it might even be uh, cold while you're schlepping to the park. And then the, the child feels that, that you don't begin to understand what he or she is uh, so disappointed about, what he or she is, is feeling. So the child gets more frustrated. What, what's, uh, what, what breeds frustration is, is when we feel that we're talking to someone and that person doesn't begin to understand what we're saying, what we're expressing, what we're feeling. That complicates all, all human relationships. If you respect the child's feelings, so for the seven year old, the eight year old, the ten year old, the twelve year old, so not going on the Lagba Omer outing to the park is a big deal. It's a very big deal. So the first thing is to agree with the child. Yeah. It's like a major, major disappointment. Once the child knows that, that, that once you validate the child 's feelings, the child knows that, that you understand that, that you can empathize, then the child's going to be open to hearing your your words of uh, of, of of solace, your words of, of chizuk. that uh, we 're going to go we 'll go the, the school trip was going to be two hours to the park, so Next time, next Sunday afternoon, so we're going to go for four hours to the park and we'll get a special new ball or something to play with. Then the child's going to be open to uh, to being consoled. And the child will go over it, and the child will, will move past it. But if it doesn't begin with respecting the feelings, if it just begins with it's not such a big deal, you know, forget about it. Or what are you going to do? It happens. You get sick and, uh, and and it happens. You know, then's the breaks. So then... Uh, We're not going to be able to reach our children that way. Respect their needs, respect their feelings, and respect their individuality. Often, because we don't step back and reflect, if we were to step back and reflect, we would easily recognize it. Often, we impose our ambitions upon our children. Maybe even more crudely, we worry about how their life's decisions reflect upon us, rather than their suitability for the children. A a, a, a Rav once told me the following story. He he had he had, he had a son. He had only one son. He had a daughter also. He had only one son, and he very very much wanted that his son should follow in his footsteps and should go into havans. His son was was, uh, learning in Eretz Yisrael. His son calls him up, tells him that he wants to drop out of yeshiva. And he wants to take a job. He has an offer. He wants to take a job as a car mechanic. So he feels his world uh, collapsing. Felt the way Chicken Little felt, or the way Chicken Little claimed to feel. I don't know. But, uh, so that, 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 that was the, the Rav's, uh, the Rav's uh, reaction. So he says, he says to his son, he says, I'll call you back in five minutes. Hangs, hangs up the phone, and he, he calls up the, the, the Rav's phone of Racha. And tells him what happened. So the Rav told him, the Rav knew, the father knew the son, and he knew that the son wasn't cut out for Rav once. He wasn't cut out for Rav once. That lola l'chach he knew that. So he said, tell him that, that you agree 100%, that you'll support him 100%, but on one condition. He shouldn't just take this job. He should come back. He should take the best course there is in, uh, in, in, in car mechanics that there is, and that you're going you're gonna to support him through all this, and, and that's what you should tell him. So he, he hangs up the phone with a rub, calls his son back and tells him, I agree. You, you, you can leave yeshiva, you can pursue this, but I don't want you to take this job. I want you to come back, take the, find out where the best training is, where the best course is, do it, and, and I'll support you. He tells me the story, and he tells me, you know, this past Erev Kippur, my son didn't eat before the Tanas, because the Hatzalah ambulance in his neighborhood broke down, and he was working till uh, literally minutes, before Shkia down to the wire to fix the Hatzalah ambulance so in case uh, there was a call the, the Hatsala ambulance would, would, would be ready to go. And he had such tremendous naches from his son and such tremendous hakaras hatov to the Rav for that uh, Atsa that he had given him. So we have to respect our children's individuality. It could be that uh, that, that it could be that uh, what our calling on life is, is not going to be their calling on life. We have to respect their, their individuality and uh, support them in finding their niche within, within our brothers Hashem. let's talk for a couple of minutes again just reviewing Dvarim Yudum throughout let's talk a little bit about discipline discipline first in in the mild sense of correcting commenting, criticizing see here the yisod is that we have to prioritize we have to triage there is the, the famous Gimor and Makkahs that uh, HaKadosh Baruch who gave uh, Moshe ben Atayog mitzvahs and then bought David ben al And then Yeshayol came and took those 613 mitzvahs and Ha'midon, and he somehow or other condensed them into six, Misha into three, Chavakuk into one. So, it's obviously a very, very strange Gemara, a different Mefarshian grapple with what it means. One of them, I think it's the Droshah Saran. I apologize, I didn't double check. I think it's the Droshah Saran. It's someone of, uh, someone of very great stature, says an unbelievable pshat in the Gemara. It says that what the Gemara means is that each of these neviim lived at a time when they couldn't preach to their generation all of Tariag So they had to prioritize which ones they were going to emphasize, which ones they were going to teach, which ones that they were going to to emphasize. And that's what it means. When uh, the Gadolim came to America, they found themselves in such a situation. There were lots of things they didn't comment on. Sometimes people reminisce about the good old days when Orthodox shows uh, had uh, bingo and they had mixed dancing and, uh, and all, the, all the... So it's true. All those things that did happen in, in Orthodox shows. Why did they happen in Orthodox shows? Because if there was no Shemir Shabbos and there was no Mikveh and there was no Kashrus, it wasn't the time to talk about the bingo. So you leave bingo for uh, for, for, for the next uh, for the next stage, and then, then, then you talk about, uh, talk about bingo so in in, in teaching one can 't work on all fronts at once if a child 's day is tucking your shirt, pick up your toys, clean up your room, stand straight one after another, so then the mother or the father ceases to be a mother or father and becomes a drill sergeant. And when the kid passes by the parents, it's uh, stomach in and uh, chest out, and uh, the parent becomes a drill sergeant rather than, uh, rather than a mother or father. So you have to pick your issues. We can't, uh, we can't create a, a sense where kids feel objectively, realistically, that whenever they turn around, they're hearing some kind of correction which comes across more as a criticism. So wherever the child is, whatever stage the child's holding at, so like David and Malach, like Yishayo, like Mipha, like Chavakuk, so we have to choose what are the most important issues. If what he's holding right now, tucking his shirt in is the, is the most important tikkun that needs to be made, okay, so then that's something we should comment on. You know, I think you should tuck your shirt in. But if there are other things which are more important, which are more basic... So he'll tuck his shirt in a few months later after we uh, finish uh, helping him work on, on, on other issues which, which are more major and which are more pressing. So we need to uh, prioritize in, in, in Chinuch. Can't always work on, on all fronts at once. In a related sense... There's a lot of uh, needless confrontation that, that happens between parents and children. And it unfolds, again, to give an example, with, with small children, but the same thing is you just tweak it. And, and the same thing is true for, for older children as well. So the parent comes and uh, the kid is tired. It's been a long day. It's almost time for bedtime. So the parent says, clean up your room. So the child says, no, I don't want to. Okay, so how, does, how do things unfold from here? So they can, the child is tired, the child is overwhelmed, maybe the child is a little lazy also. Could be. So how do do things things develop from here? So either the parent lays down the law and demands that immediately the child uh, clean up his room. Almost inevitably there's going to be confrontation. Almost inevitably there's going to be confrontation. The alternative is, again, you have to adjust this example you know, as the age increases to make it age-appropriate, but, but working within this example. So the alternative is that the parent says to the child, come, I'll help you. The parent does a token part, does the first, the first the installment in cleaning up the room, does a token part of cleaning up the room. The child ends up doing a lot, if not most of it, and the Chinuch message is very much communicated. The Chinuch message gets across. The resistance is broken down by that expression of, of sympathy and, and, and help as opposed to something which is just the experience that is just sort of a, a cold and austere demand. What about the, the issue of uh, discipline and its, uh, again, stronger form in, in terms of punishing children, in terms of hitting children? There's a Pasek and Mishle that you can quote. There's the Ammon Makis you can quote. But I, I, I would just t- 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 tell you two things. almost every time parents hit children <laughs> whatever the posse in Mishle is talking about whatever, whatever the Gemara Marcus is talking about it means when a parent is acting with total composure and the parent is calibrating that I'm doing this to be Machanach my children if the parent is acting out of anger out of frustration, the same anger and frustration that if it was socially acceptable, I'd smack the guy who, uh, who cut me in line in the bank. But the only thing is that's not socially acceptable, so I don't do it. So I, sort of, I sort of mutter, and uh, then when I get home, I'll, 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 I'll yell about it. But if it was socially acceptable, I would have smacked him also. Okay, the only thing is with your kids, it's socially acceptable. So when we get angry, and we get impatient, and we get frustrated, and we had a hard day... Uh, at work and then we come home and and we see that our kids uh, rode all over the wall or wrote all over uh, our favorite Swan, so then then we lose it so that's not what the Apostle King is talking about that's not what the Gemara and Marcus is talking about that's Derech mm-hmm. and that's Derech mm-hmm. 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 and I think that's an Issa Daraisa um, I, I, I've yet to, on those occasions when I've seen parents hit kids I've yet to see a parent who was able to hit a kid with perfect Composure, totally calm, dispassionately having decided <laughs> that, that, That's A. B They tell the story, an unbelievable story, that this is in print. A couple came to avolvvi me, to talk about the fact that their son was off the door and uh, nothing they said made a difference he, he, he uh, as they say in French he wasn't them, and they were, they, they, they were beside themselves so Volvi looks at the father and says tell me did you hit him when he was in?" so the father says yes so he says, so what do you want from me? What do you expect? Why shouldn't he hate you now? What did you expect would happen? I didn't revolve. know the Fosik in Mishle? It's a safe assumption that he did. And didn't he know the Gamal Marcos? An equally safe assumption that he did. Nishtanu It doesn't work. Nishtanu in The same way that Nishtanu HaTvoyim in terms of uh, physical... Uh, in, in physical areas, in terms of emotional uh, realities as well. It doesn't work. Even, even if uh, one would find parents who are, uh, who are a model of uh, composure and the compassion, and with that hit their kids, it doesn't work. We mentioned before the the role of choosing a yeshiva for one's children within uh, within the chinuch, and again, with all the, the 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 emphasis on the indispensable role of the parents and the primary role of the parents, notwithstanding, obviously this is a major major decision. So I, I once, al I once attended a Levi and. Uh, the the, the I I think he was I think he was a Chaim Berliner and I don't remember his name. See so he talked about he was extolling one of the virtues of the Nifta and he said in America he says the minute is as follows. He says if you're buying a car, he says no one in their right mind buys a car, especially a new car, without first taking it out for a test drive. Well, I should spend, I'm not even sure how much the new cars cost, No, Whatever, 20, 30, whatever, whatever, whatever a new car costs. I should, I should invest that kind of money without taking the car out for a test drive. I have to see if I'm comfortable. I have to see how it handles. I have to see whether, uh, whether I like the feel of it. He says, when we register our kids for yeshiva, well, I heard nice things about the yeshiva, so we send in the, the registration form. He said that he was talking about this nifter. He said he didn't test drive his cars. He says he got a recommendation on a car. He bought the car. He says before he enrolled his kids in a yeshiva, he went and he visited the yeshiva and he spent time. Uh, he didn't rely on uh, aid me, pa me, 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 me pa and uh, what's being discussed loor uh, halavana or in other in other forms. He went and he checked out the the, the, the the yeshivas. It was a very very powerful point. It's one of the biggest decisions that we make for our children, which affects their, 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 their lives. They spend so many of their waking hours during their formative years in, in yeshiva. Why should we be content with making a decision based on, uh, on, on hearsay? If the yeshiva doesn't, doesn't let you sit in, doesn't let you get any first-hand chance, so then, how can you how can you consider it? maybe it 's a good yeshiva, but you have no way of knowing so how can one just uh, sign away We have to know firsthand that the yeshiva that, to which we 're sending our children is is the right yeshiva. We have to know that per se it 's a good yeshiva and b we have to know that it 's the right match for for our particular child. It may be a wonderful yeshiva, but our but, but, but one's particular child's uh, individual needs, strengths, won't be met, won't be catered to by, by, by this yeshiva. The other important consideration that, that needs to be borne in mind in, in choosing uh, schools, yeshivas for our children, is there has to be some kind of basic confluence and coordination between yeshiva and, and between home. I remember that there was a family once who told the Rav where they were going to be sending their, son, send, sending their son to yeshiva. And the Rav told them that he thought it was a very bad idea. He said that what he's going to be taught in that yeshiva is so different from your lifestyle and from what he's going to see at home you're going to make him a sugar he 's going to be so confused he 's going to see one uh, lifestyle and one set of values in, uh, in yeshiva he 's going to see a very different lifestyle and different values practiced and implemented at home he's he 's going to become very confused. they didn 't listen to him, and he it did end up that way. Ithaka ended up uh, He ended up uh, all, all confused because of that lack of coordination, that lack of of, uh, of, of, of confluence. There has to be a, a a common ground between, again, the values that uh, that we represent our children at home and the values to which we expose them in in yeshiva. Otherwise, one of two things happens: either they end up very confused, or they basically end up rejecting the parents because uh, they hear that in, uh, in yeshiva and in school that, that they're told differently. There has to be again a basic doesn't mean it has to be identical. doesn't mean that in every minor uh, detail, it doesn't mean the Rebbe has to knot his tie the way uh, the way we, we knot our ties. But there has to be some kind of fundamental uh, confluence, some kind of fundamental coordination. We also touched briefly before on the centrality of being a role model for our children so I'll give you Rabbi Zuchanan Vakhi used to say that when he would talk about his experiences it wasn't because he thought his experiences were any more valuable than anyone else's he says but those are the only experiences that, that, that he can draw upon so with that same apology I'd like to share one experience with you I, I don't talk during that week. I never really have. I don't talk during davening. I say that, there's no no bragging. The reason I don't talk during davening is because I grew up sitting in shul next to my father, who didn't talk during davening. If I needed something, he communicated non-verbally. If need be, you, you go out of shul. Didn't talk during davening, and not only did, did I grow up sitting next to uh, sitting next to a father who didn't talk during davening, I also grew up in a, in a shul in a shibul, where it was very very quiet, where, the, where there was hardly any any davening. The most effective form of chinos, I don't talk. It's not it's not to my credit that I don't uh, that I don't talk during davening. Not to my credit. It's just, it just comes effortlessly it comes it comes naturally and, and if you look you look and you see so too often there's, there's a correlation too often there's a correlation the, 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 the father talks during Chazar HaSashah the father talks Ben the LeGav during Kri HaTorah so the son does also I imagine the, the, the same thing happens on the other side of the, the mafita as well, That the, the daughters when they're young, so their behavior also is going to uh, reflect the, 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 the mother's. This is just, again, an example in terms of how critical it is that, that we be proper role models. It, it's worth asking ourselves, before whatever we do, is this something that I really want my kids to, to, to adopt. Is this really something which I want my kids to, to do? Being a role model is so pivotal because as, as the cliche goes, actions speak louder than words. And being a role model is so pivotal, because actions can show the beauty of a way of life of Torah more vividly and more effectively and more poignantly than words can ever capture. So, if we want to be mechanech our children to work hard, to learn, to be chesed, to have betochen, so above all, we have to be role models. In 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 those areas. I'm beginning to get late, but maybe just a, a few more minutes. Just a few other comments. It goes without saying that that we need to be sensitive to our children's social integration Knei Lecha the writes I think he actually quotes it from, from Aristotle he says man is a social animal and for that reason of course we need to be very very sensitive to our children's again social integration that they should, that they should have friends they should be but we have to find a way to balance that with not simply falling in line with what everyone else does and what our children's colleagues, parents let them do, that that should dictate to us what we do. It may be the case that in in grade school or even in high school, every other kid in the class has a cell phone. And has a cell phone with with internet, and has excuse me, I'm about to say has a cell phone with an iPod, or maybe that's something different. Has an iPod, has an iPad, and has whatever other gadgets there are. It doesn't mean that we have to that we have to forfeit our prerogative to be mechanech our children to what's right and to what's correct, and because everyone else. Has a, a cell phone with with, uh, with with internet, so that they can become used to Beatles mind from a very young age, so that it will come naturally as uh, as they as they get older. It doesn't mean that we have to. Doesn't mean that we have to fall in line with that. I bet. Isn't it important that they have friends? Yes. So we have to find a way of on the one hand being able to to set. Our own standards for chena and v'chavonos, and balancing that. And at times there is a tension. At times there is a tension, and balancing that with with the, the the social integration, which is so critical for for our children. When our children reach an age where they're more than capable of sitting in, in shul for davening for two hours, for two and a half hours. <clears throat> they're nine, they're ten, they're eleven years old. So when they go to school, so there's an expectation that they should sit, uh, that they should be able to sit for hours and hours. But in shul, for some reason, the, 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 there's a notion that, no, how long can you expect kids to, to sit in shul? And, uh, see, here too... We have to reflect and we have to introspect what's really correct. And then, it can't be as simple as that's what everyone else does. Because reductio ad absurdum, aim the dova self, if we take that to its natural conclusion, so then we sort of abdicate responsibility. And, and we lose the, the privilege and the prerogative of being machanech our children the way they should, because it's no longer what we know is the right thing for our children, but it's what everyone else—it's what everyone else does. The, the Vilna Gaon writes in his the Bechafetz Chayim, I think, quotes the Vilna Gaon, and, and, and talks about this as well—the special importance of being mechanech children about Shmiras Haloshem, about not talking haloshemho, and that this is—it's true in every area of halacha. It's true in every area of Shmiras Hamitzvah that the habits. That, that we form in our youth are just so crucial and it's just so hard to change things uh, to change things later the same way the orthodontist it takes months, it takes years to try to, uh, try to move the, 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 the bone of the, of the teeth because it's embedded so the same is true uh, many times over for habits that, that, that we develop that we allow our children to develop and, and the, they single out, the, the go and the Chafetz Chaim, single out the area of Shmiras halosha. So like everything in Chinuch, like everything in life, obviously it has to be done with Chochra. A, a child has to be able to come home and tell the parent about uh, an issue with a teacher. A child has to be able to come home and tell a parent about an altercation with uh, with another child. That's obviously <laughs> Lito lit, lit Ellis. When the child is old enough, I think... It's good, the Chafetz Chaim writes that even in those cases, when it's mutter, when it's a mitzvah to hear, to to say Lashon Hora, so you have to make sure that the other person knows that's the only reason you're listening. So he says, for instance, when you're making inquiries for a shidduch, so you have to say that I'm making inquiries for a shidduch and that's that's the only reason I'm looking to hear whether there's something in negative... That, that's pertinent. So one again, at an age uh, when it's age appropriate, so we, we can and should tell our children, you know, it's very good, you know, because whenever anything is uh, is relevant or even possibly relevant, it's it's, it's very important that uh, that we know about it, that, that that we discuss it. But sometimes you can have a case where it's clearly, unambiguously, again, there's no there's no the the, the 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 kid comes home and wants to Say that he saw two two adults face uh, arguing in shul, whatever. So nothing that uh, relates to to his welfare. Nothing. Uh, there's no issue of protecting and looking out for the child there. So then, it's so so crucial that, that, that children be from uh, from uh, a young age when they reach the age of chinuch, in terms of shmiras halosham. Just w- w- one or two others briefly. How does everything we're talking about, what's the breakdown between mother and father and everything we've been talking about? till now, basically, we've been talking uh, sort of generically about parenting, about what the children need. What, what, what's, the, what's the breakdown between mother and father? So, schematically... The answer is that a certain amount children have to receive from their mother, regardless of how much the father can give them for their emotional well-being, for things that, 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 that a mother can, can uniquely give. There's a certain amount that children need to get from their mother. There's the same is true on the other side. There's a certain amount they need to get from their father again, no matter how much the mother is in a position to give, no matter how loving she is a loving mother isn't a substitute for a uh, for a distant a distant father and then beyond that, then there's a certain amount that can depend upon the family dynamic then there's a certain amount where again, once, the, the, once you have the, the, that critical mass of, of maternal involvement, and you have a critical mass of paternal involvement, then already it can depend upon the, the family dynamic. In bedevid situations, so sometimes, again, if, if, you, if you can't get the other person to do what he or she is supposed to be doing, in bedevid situations, sometimes the mother's going to be doing things which the father should be doing. It's, it's not the, what one wants but it's obviously with the Ebed, uh, that that's what should be done and sometimes the opposite happens sometimes for whatever reason for whatever, uh, whatever set of issues the, the mother is not giving is not providing what she should be giving so then there's no, of, no that's the, the mother's uh, that's the mother's job to impact to the children this is the father's job to impact to the children no there's certain things children have to get if they're not getting it where they should get it So then Bidliyavet, the parent who who does recognize that, has to step up and and do his or her best. And and just two two final points. In being mechanech our children, we have to try very hard to make Torah come alive to them. Not as a series of rules. But as a way of life, as a way of experiencing life. And maybe just to give one one example, Lulame Raha Kalkulo and Don and and and, uh, and then we can try to again extrapolate from there Part of Chinuch is that our children should see and understand how certain courses of action that we do are expressions of betachem. They should see, again, not just hear, again, a shmuz, a sikha about, about betachem, but they should actually be able they should actually, again, see and sense how we live with, with a sense of betachem. They should be able to see and sense how, again, there's a sense of, of reverence for, 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 for Shabbos. Again, if you'll, you'll forgive the, 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 with the same apology for, for personal reminiscences, my father Zafan Levachor throughout his life always used to refer back to how his father, of the Lebracha, would never, the Chavivos and the Emo of Shabbos that he had, he would never leave to go anywhere after 12 o'clock in the Emo of Shabbos. So there's a suburb of Boston, uh, Chelsea. It's, oh, wait, it's, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes so once my grandfather my paternal grandfather was supposed to go spend Shabbos there and his ride showed up at 12.02 and he said he can't go it's too late it's too close to Shabbos to, uh, to, to travel so he never he didn't give a, he didn't give his uh, his son's uh, about, uh, about Shabbos but they saw they, they, they saw how he lived it, and, and by osmosis I never, ever, ever saw my father harried before Shabbos. No matter what was going on, he had always begun his hachanas for Shabbos so early. I never, ever saw him harried before Shabbos. Children have to see, again, not just Torah being taught, they have to see Torah being lived. Thank you very much.